Backtalk is an extension of the long-running, award-winning movie review show, It's Movie Time, which airs Fridays at 4.01 and 8.01 p.m. on WCBE 90.5 FM, Columbus, Ohio. Produced and hosted by John DeSando, this podcast features additional content and banner with guests. Backtalk is listed by Feedspot as one of the top 10 movie podcasts on NPR. I'm John DeSando. And I'm the guest, Mary Urena. And this is Backtalk. And it's time for me to say congratulations to you and to me and to everybody on our team, as you call it very nicely, for being ranked by Feedspot as one of the top 10 movie podcasts for NPR. So we're really very proud, and one of the reasons is because of someone like you. So, well, because that's my genius is picking picking my guests, <laughs> and you're humble as well. But um, no, thank you for inviting me to be part of your merry band of, of movie <laughs> yes. fans, as well as a guest on your show. You and bet. congratulations to you. You've been doing this a long time <laughs> for our community, <laughs> right. and um, it's nice to see right. the national recognition. Sure. Since I wondered, is anybody listening? I guess they were. Mary, today we're doing the nomination short films yes. for the Oscars. If you can get to see them, and it's for me it was sporadic, and you were able to cobble together all of them. So we're going to be looking first at the live action. I love that in the documentaries most of all. Why don't we go ahead and okay. look at, at the shorts live action. Let's begin with one you can help me with. And this would be Canada's Invincible. <laughs> uh, I find this the most the one that most perplexing to me is what exactly is it doing? So Invincible is a 30 minute story about this teenage boy in the last 48 hours of his life before he tragically ends his life. And it actually was made by Vincent René Lorty. He was the writer and director. He was friends with a young man who this actually happened to. And so he admits in his interviews that this is really his cathartic process for trying to make sense of his friend who was happy and jovial, great to be around, who through mental health and emotional health issues deteriorated to the point that he ends up committing suicide by driving a stolen car into a river. It's his imagining what the last 48 hours of his life must have been like. And a lot of the story is told, we don't really hear the narration of the character, Marc Antoine Bernier was Mm. his name. You see the actions of a rebellious teen, but then there's a poignant moment where a a poem that he's written is read in his detention Mm -hmm. home class. And you get some insight into his inner sanctum. It's a challenging film. If you have an interest in and care about the mental health of youth in our society, it's definitely worth seeing. And I did too. I just felt that there were some holes in the story I needed to know. For instance, why is he in juvie? Is a big question for me. His uh, mentor there or whatever is very supportive of him and his writing and so on, but I just yeah, don't know. I don't know why he's there. We actually join the story when he's being taken back there after a weekend yeah. with his mother and father and sister. So we don't really know what led to him being there. I only know that he was started to deteriorate mentally and emotionally through interview with the writer and sure. director. Yeah. But you're right, that's not made clear at least for me the five or so uh this was the weakest because of that this is that lack of information and it's in french so you had to read subtitles that's (laughs) That's one there's a a theme at least in two of these of grief yes 
let's go to the one that I found really very affecting, the after. Yes. And this is, it just struck me as a piece of acting that was beautiful, David. Oyelowo, Martin Luther King Jr. in sure. Selma, yeah. oh, for yeah. those of you who, who don't recognize him based on my pronunciation of his name. <laughs> he has a great face. Yes. And the incident that uh, propels this whole story of losing his wife and his daughter at the same time. To a random act of violence. Which would devastate anyone, and it does him. A hotshot businessman, when he was with them, trying to find time just to be with his daughter, and now he's without them, he's a rideshare driver. Driver, yes. And nothing much happens until you get toward the end. It's really interesting, but I am feeling his grief. Yes, you witness his grief for the majority of the 19 minutes of yeah. this film, and it's, it's highly effective. And his performance, again, without much dialogue, you are with him so effectively on this journey of grief because of David's performance and how everything plays out in his eyes and on his face. And and a certain extent, he goes back to the place where he lost his wife and daughter during his downtimes when he's not driving clients. And it's a really touching uh, story of grief to watch. You're left at the end not knowing, does he recover or does he continue down this abyss yeah, yeah. of grief? Helping this sense of grief is him... Being in that car, listening to the mindless chatter of the people who he is lifting. <laughs> and I say, yeah, that'll put you in even more grief as you listen to them. With, with chatter, it means nothing to a man who just lost everything. Yeah, yeah. lost everything. I, the, the ending is a smash as far as I'm concerned. It is. And his performance, it made me think as I was watching it, it's a shame that there isn't a category for acting outside the feature films. Boy, you are so right. I thought exactly that. His performance is so affecting and so beautifully played. And I was like, he should get an award because in 19 minutes, he had to take us on this journey. Yeah. And uh, it's an incredible performance and definitely worth seeing. Now, the other one of grief is uh, Scandinavian. Yes. (laughs) Night of Fortune. (laughs) But it deals with grief, and you're laughing, as you should, with a lot of humor attached to the story. And I'm told this is the way Danes and Swedes deal with Mm it. They have an odd sense of humor, and they bring it in to help them through. Ken, who's one of our colleagues, is uh, Swedish, and so he was confirming that this is this is this is accurate. I said, Ken, is this the way the Danes are? Well, and I will say, when I started watching it, because of the subject matter, you have a gentleman who's being taken into a chapel to privately view his wife's body yeah. as it's now yeah. laid out in a coffin. There are terrible times to have laughter, and one of them is at a funeral where you suppress something if you find it funny. So I was watching this unfold, and I was, should I be laughing? I mean, it's a funeral, and it's about grief, but it's so charming and so funny and very poignant at the end. The older actors who play in this, who are Leif, Andrea, and Jens Jarn Spaltag are just wonderful um, in this. So... Yeah, one of my biggest challenges in life is how do I deal with funerals, showings, and so on. And, you know, I guess the best is I'm sorry for your loss, and I just don't know. And here I am, like you, a person of words, and I find the words not there for me. And so I love seeing this because somebody's actually dealing with the complexity of this. They're, I get, they, they're onto something. 
You yes. Can't. And I think when my, my mother's funeral and her cremation, I had my friends who were with me, and we were a little bit lighthearted. And sometimes I was feeling, gee, she would be lighthearted. This is my mother. But I felt better with it being lighthearted than being somber. So, John, one question that was asked of yeah. me with my friend who went and saw the animated shorts was, how do you qualify to be a short? And I actually looked this up, so in case this makes no, the no, cut. No, no, In order to make the cut for submission, one, a short is defined as being 40 minutes or less okay. in running time. And the second biggest qualifier is it has to run for a week in either New York or Los Angeles okay, theaters. So, well, and there are some other Similar to the well. major films. Yes. Yeah. But those are the two main qualifying okay. events before it is eligible for submission. Let's go to one that I find curious, Red, White, and Blue. Yes. And this is from USA. Yes, is, it is. Yeah. As far as twists go, this one has to take the cake. Now, I didn't I would pay agree. enough attention. Apparently, there's a clue at the very beginning that will help us with the denouement well, or whatever. I'm, I'm glad I missed it because I was yeah. completely floored by the twist. Yeah, I was too. And so I, I really would have to go. I, one reviewer just happened to mention that. You, do, you must see the first minute to get the full. But, but I agree. I, I thought it was just a f- dramatically very effective. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what do we have, Mary, here in this red, white, and blue? So it's a 23-minute film, and it's from the United States. It stars Brittany S- Snow as Rachel, who is a struggling single mom of two kids, and she's a waitress. And she's suddenly faced with an unwanted pregnancy. And she lives in a state, Arkansas, this fictional story, I don't know Arkansas's laws, where she cannot seek an abortion. So she figures out how far she has to travel, how much it's going to cost, where she can go across the state line into Missouri. Uh, we follow her. Well, this, this is a road journey. trip. It's a with road her daughter. Trip with her daughter. Yeah. They've never been outside of Arkansas. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? First of all, living in Arkansas and then never get, going away from Arkansas. She seemed to be a pretty, I shouldn't say that, but I mean, at least, I mean, Bill Clinton came from Arkansas. Right? <laughs> so, I don't know what that means, but okay. Well, I, well he went to Somebody George- came from Arkansas. Yeah, no, no, he, he went to Georgetown. And he, you know, and a variety of experiences in his life. He was certainly a sophisticated man. I, I like the way they depicted her as a waitress. And where it's not like pulling your hair out, it's so difficult. It's just something that she has to do. When her son loses a tooth, she has to fish for a dollar to give him for the tooth fairy. And I thought, these are very nice touches. Here's a woman who really got her stuff going. She's not happy being a waitress. And we do know that she gets touched by a customer. Mm-hmm. And it's a very important moment there where she kind of look, you know, how do I respond to this? And then getting to the twist. How about you? I thought the way they set it up was... Very slice of life. This, again, is a performance by Brittany Snow with not a ton of dialogue, similar to the main performance in the after. And she's more well-known for playing the pretty girl in Pitch Perfect and in Hairspray. So this was quite a dramatic turn for her and very effectively done, subtly done. They even do non-dialogue setups with it in terms of 
when you get to her home with her two kids and they're and she's putting up the drawing that her son did yes. with their family and Cran, they pan across just kind of the the house and next to the refrigerator is a past due bill that's clipped <laughs> on a magnet <laughs> right eyes. next to it. <laughs> and so you get the sense of how much they are struggling, but she is determined to figure out how this unwanted pregnancy will be brought to an end. And I think it's a, like most art, the oppressed use it to speak their voice and speak their truth. And in this case, red, white, and blue very effectively illustrates the unintended consequences of what the divide in our country right now by having restrictive op- oppressive laws. And this tells that story Absol- very, very well. Yeah. Coming from Arkansas, Coming to a place, having to move out of there to get an abortion gives you just a hint of what she has to put up with. And well, then, and just the financial burden oh, and man. the work burden yes. and the child care yeah. burden and all the things that go with it. She's not in a position to have another baby added to their family so that her two existing children, she can provide for them yeah. more, more fully. Well, that's red, white, and blue. Then we have the, uh, the elephant in the room. <laughs> You saved it for last. I did. <laughs> I suspect Wes Anderson is going to get prize for this. I don't know for sure because I thought a couple of the ones that we've already talked about were very good. Yeah. But how do you go up against Wes Anderson? Well, it's called The Wonderful Life of Henry Sugar. And <laughs> no. not only is the writer and director Wes Anderson, but it's based on a story by Raoul Dahl. Right. It stars Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, Dev Patel, <laughs> Um, ben Kingsley and a host. Oh, Ray Fines. It's got such a strong pedigree. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's, at, compared to the other films, which oh. all have wonderful pedigrees, wonderful but none actors. None of them could get it, even the budget. But, <laughs> but that, it is over the top <laughs> for a short. <laughs> yeah, and I, he was making this the same time as Asteroid. Mm. And so it has a lot of the visuals, the, the phony sets. They change scenes, and they're right. very cute. It's very and colorful. They they look very much like uh, I was reminded of a, a childhood book, like the sets yeah. in the book, and then yeah. you turn the page, and right. the whole set changes yeah. and moves. And I was actually told of this movie by our common friend Donna Cavell, oh. um, and watched it quite a while ago on Netflix. Yeah, um, where it's still available, but it's quite the journey. Mary, now on this one, the central for me, one of the central. Motifs here is seeing, mm-hmm. in which Henry Sugar reads a book who could be blindfolded and still, yeah, still yes. see. So I thought that this perhaps was something that Wes, besides all of his visual shenanigans, <laughs> and he's brilliant at it, was talking about and the way in which we see. Yes. And whether our eyes really see what, that, what's, what's true. Yeah, yes. what's true. And uh, it's difficult with all that he's throwing here. Well, just in terms of the pedigree and the creativity of how the story is told, it's pretty amazing. I can't imagine that it's not going to get the top prize at the Oscars. I know. It's just an amazing journey. Journey. Not that the other films aren't of the highest quality either, or they wouldn't be on this list, but everything comes together for the wonderful story of Henry Sugar. All right, Mary. Uh, we have two other categories which you're undoubtedly not going to get to. I would like to, to get to the documentary if you sure. don't mind. Not at all. Yeah. I do know about them and I haven't seen them, but I know you have. And I thought I would lead out by one that intrigued me. Uh-huh. The Barber of Little Rock. So this is actually available <laughs> for free on YouTube. Um, and it's the story of Arlo Washington. 
In order to address the longstanding socioeconomic impact of racism in our society, he's a barber and a small business owner, and he creates a barber college to train people to be barbers. And then in addition, because he's so successful, he also develops the People's Trust Bank to give out microloans to help people get over the hump uh, for paying for their rent or to start a new business. And there are several of those types of stories illustrated. The work that he's doing is is just incredible. And they actually open a bank in a in an area that previously had no bank, had yeah, no back commerce. In Arkansas again. And we're back in Arkansas again. <laughs> I don't know why all these films uh, picked Arkansas. But, they, but they there's did. a phrase of uh, banking while black. Yes. But that the actual bank was at ninety five percent timely repayment rate. Yes. And that's true of most microloan programs globally. Uh-huh. When you give out microloans like that, there's a really high percentage uh-huh. of repayment. It's a great model, and it's a great model that's working well in this section of Little Rock. And it's just a great story, and it's hopeful. Most of the tone of all of the shorts, as we talked in the live action, and even in the documentary and in the animation, are very dark, serious themes. Yes. And this is one that um, is... Yes, it's based on a dark, serious theme, but it gives you hope that there are people out there like Washington who are willing to solve the problems. So what about the last repair shop? Wouldn't that also be... Hopeful. It is very hopeful, and I highly, I've been recommending that since I saw it. And you will be glad to know that because of the subject matter, I got my husband to watch it with me. I wondered if Bob, <laughs> yes. And he, we both loved it. And we actually ended up watching The Barber of Little Rock in succession, and he liked that as oh, well. Great. So All right. your influence is oh, expanding. Listen, I love her husband, and, <laughs> but he's our toughest critic. He is our toughest <laughs> critic. But he liked both of them. And The Last Repair Shop is about the instrument repair shop that serves the Los Angeles City Schools. They provide for free to any student who wants one, a musical instrument. And they've done this since 1959. (sighs) But what I loved about this film is you actually hear the stories of four of the craftspeople who work there. Their backstory as to how they got there and also what it means to them to be the stewards of these instruments for these students. So interspersed with the stories of the crafts people are the stories of the actual students and the ending just the way it comes together gives you such great hope and uh-huh. and and pride in the good work that people can do oh, oh. and and do for students i'm so glad now mary we were not going to have enough time anyway but could, <laughs> yeah 15 films is a lot I know. so could we end with your your favorite anime and then we'll go sure um my favorite animation was actually war is over inspired by the music of john and yoko okay and it takes their very famous song about war is over and sets it to a story during world war one involving a carrier pigeon that's used to carry chess moves across the enemy ah, line and great. there's there's a chess match going on and they don't know who each other is but they send each other their moves on little slips of paper <laughs> it's wonderful it's charming would be the right word it's charming and again it's it's serious because it does the premises in the context of war so that was my favorite i will say the one that i think may win is our uniform just on sheer creativity of how the animation is done no oh. it's about 
wearing the hijab in Iranian culture in the Iranian okay. culture school uniform. They actually the backdrop for all of the animation is drawn onto the fabric. Nice. Um, and it's just really creative to watch and another layer of poignancy with regards to the story. But I, I do think War is Over is wonderful. And the Academy may not want to miss an opportunity to honor John Lennon and Yoko Ono. Well, Mary, I don't suppose you and Bob are going to go to the gateway for their, their gala on March That 10th. would be a tall order for my husband. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> but I hope you will be there. And I will be. I already have my ticket. Good. Now, Mary, thank you so much for being here in the shorts and helping me out since I uh, just couldn't cobble together the way you so brilliantly did, as you always do. Well, anyway. And most of them are available for free yes. on streaming you services. You have yeah. to do a little scouting, but it is possible to see them all. <laughs> Thanks, man.